0: This this, this, is Fight Disciples. Welcome to the Fight Disciples review of 2018. Bit of boxing, bit of MMA, all thrown into uh, one show. We are uh, on location today because it is the Warrington-Frampton press conference and we thought we'd try our very best to get a quiet little corner in order to uh, spend half an hour to 40 minutes going over the last 12 months. So if you're a little bit of action in the background, it's because they're currently setting up the press conference. We've we've arrived bright-eyed and bushy-tailed next morning that he's not had any breakfast. But don't let that put you off.
1: I thought we were going to meet over the road
0: and record in the
1: breakfast bar. We could have had pancakes and everything. I was going to treat you.
0: Well, last time we did that, people complained at just hearing you do this. (laughs) Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that whilst they're uh, getting a review of 2018, mate. Mm. Uh, Now... A lot of the chat on the Fight Disciples this year has always been about British boxing is booming, right? In my opinion, it's only booming in one particular instance. Fan demand for boxing. Yeah. When you actually look at the amount of world champions that we've got, Britain has got four. Wow. Two years ago, we had 13. 13. Mm -hmm. So therefore, in my opinion, we're on a little bit of a decline. Don't get me wrong, we're getting fights, we're getting lads competing at the very highest levels, but we're coming up short. Anthony Joshua, Callum Smith, uh, Kalyafi, and obviously at the moment, as we're recording this before the fight at the weekend, Josh Warrington uh, a Britain's world champions. If you want to throw Ireland in there as well, obviously we've got Katie Taylor and TJ Dahini. That's it. Britain yeah. and Ireland of six. Wow. So when it comes to actual um levels of competition inside the ring. We're on a little bit of a decline. But if you're looking at the demand of people wanting fights, we're getting more than ever before on more platforms than ever before. People more people are turning up at these uh, biggest events. So there's a thirst for it. Um, but maybe the the quality of our uh, of our fighters is is not as at th- uh, the same standard as it was two years ago.
1: Yeah, that's a really good argument actually, and something I've never really thought about and too deeply. But you know, as you say, the thing is, we're in the big fights, aren't we? And you still feel like the the biggest audience for boxing right now still feels like it's the UK, still feels like it's right here. You know, this is where all the action is, and. You know we're active in every in pretty much every single weight division. We may not have as many world champions as before, but we're we're still active in every weight division and you know I think there's there must be at least two dozen fighters that uh, that we haven't mentioned in that short list that are world class or certainly considered uh, one phone call away from a world title shot so um I think it, British boxing's in a wonderful place right now but maybe we are just shy, perhaps, of a, a couple of world champions. Hopefully that can be
0: all changed in 2019. I think it will. I think there'll be a couple that are added. We'll get to that at the back end of the show, no doubt. Make sure you're around for that. Um, but right now, I think we should have a little bit of a look back at the start of the year compared to the back end of the year because I think there has been um, a definite upturn by the back end of the year with uh, with British boxing. At the start of the year, I thought it was quite slow. January was crap. Yeah. There was nothing going on in January. No. The, and then obviously we got into February at World Boxing Super Series kind of kicked us off, didn't it? Feb 17th, Feb that uh, Groves versus Eubank Jr. fight. That was the one for me. That was the one that got us going because the first event I attended this year was a Akoli Chamberlain. And I thought, for fuck's sake, what is this all about? Yeah. It was terrible.
1: Yeah no it was and world boxing super series i think got the whole t- t- the whole world boxing scene going i thought at the start of the year i think no- nothing really hit the ground running until we got the uh, the semi-finals of the cruiserweight tournament especially and as you say groves eubank here in manchester and you know y- you really felt like we were up and running by then and I think for me that was the standout part at the beginning of the year the world boxing super series semi-finals certainly the the cruiserweight semi-finals as i say two of the best fights of the year um and that's when you really got up and running
0: as you think back to those early parts let's say january february march we chuck it all into one big part what's the standout moment then for you at the start of the year yeah um <sighs> Because the end of March is obviously when AJ unifies the heavyweight division. So that's probably the, the standout event of the year. Yeah, It wasn't the greatest fight, if we're dead honest. But it was, it was at that period the standout event. Josh Taylor's performance against Victor Postel is the one that stands out for me. At the start of the year, yeah, I'm trying to think what was at the start of the year. When was Beliu Hay two?
1: That was a, that was obviously a, a massive p- start, uh, quite early on. Khan Lagoresco, that was pretty early in the year, April. wasn't it? Yeah, you know. So Amir Khan's comeback, I thought, was the two, the, two,
0: the two big standout moments at the start of that year. Like I said, Josh Taylor's performance against Victor Postol. We always knew that he was going to be legit, but it was the moment that the rest of the world started thinking, "Fucking you know, hell, this kid's legit." And Deontay Wilder's performance against Luis Ortiz.
1: Yeah. Well, that, for internationally, that was that was my uh, standout moment. One of the absolute fights of the year, uh, never mind knockout of the year, ultimately as well real standout moments. And, you know, that was the time when you really kind of thought, because let's, let's not forget, Ortiz was the most avoided man in the heavyweight division. He was king of the Who Needs Him Club. Mm. Um, and Ortiz took on, uh, Wilder took him on and, and beat him at his own game. He slugged it out with him. And for me, that was the moment when Wilder, you actually thought, okay, this guy is a genuine threat to Anthony Joshua long-term, and this guy has got a case of being the number one heavyweight on the planet.
0: Um, as you look into the world of MMA... Again, another slow year, I thought. Years. Of, do you remember that period of time when um, Connor obviously starched Aldo, and then for 12 months, it was just booming. He fought Ned Diaz twice, obviously, and the year after the Aldo fight, he fought Eddie Alvarez and became the champ champ. But it wasn't just about him in that period of time. There was loads of other stuff going on. And then we had that, we probably had 18 months to two years yeah. of nothing really. Yeah. But it just feels like something's about to happen again. Are you getting that vibe? And maybe it is just because Connor's back. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it probably is because Connor's back. You know, as you say, the 2018 started um, really slowly in MMA. And it has a habit of doing that, unfortunately. Maybe it's because it's built up so heavily towards the back end of the year after the uh, international t- after the UFC weekend.
0: Even last year, it was like. Yeah, I think it took
1: We, it we until were just about getting April, giddy for Darren.
0: We? we were just getting giddy for Darren. Everything he, else was like, whatever.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Cowboy versus uh, Dan until versus Thompson didn't happen until May. Mm. So, and I think in April, the only I think the only thing happened at the start of the year was in April. Obviously, we had UFC London. Yeah. But then straight after that, we had UFC Brooklyn, where Khabib had about six different opponents before he finally beat our ally Quinter for the vacant lightweight title. That was when you kind of thought, okay. But nobody was talking about that. They were talking about the bus incident. Yeah, exactly. That was yeah, of it. Course. It, was, it
0: was what happened outside the Octagon, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Which is typical around. You know, Connor, Conor And that's how Conor <laughs> generates interest in him. But stuff that actually went down inside the octagon, as I say, it took till April before the UFC even pulled its socks up.
0: I'll tell you what was the highlight at the start of the year. Us becoming champ champs again. Absolutely. That's it isn't it? Of you course. Know, rocking up, rocking up.
1: There you go, that's how you do it. <laughs> Rubber stamping it, <laughs> champ
0: champs. Listen, we've got to toot our own on, on our own podcast, haven't we? That's what we've got to <laughs> do. For, the, is, yeah. for those that don't know, British Podcast Awards, second year running Best Sports Podcast, April. is, uh, In fact, it was May that, actually. It was nominated in April. Uh, May was the awards. Um, I'm just looking round in April. knockout
1: of the year UFC, actually, just checking my dates now. Uh, Justin Gaethje against... Uh, Dustin Poirier, Dustin Poirier wiping Geach out—that was one of my favourite knockouts of the year. That was in April as well, but again, mm. it didn't start until April.
0: Mm. Um, April was the return, as you mentioned, of Amir Khan, forty seconds or whatever it was, blew away uh, Phil LeGreco. Yeah, Frampton was superb against Danair. I thought on that exact same night, we did. I was at the Liverpool one, so I didn't go to Belfast, but I thought he was absolutely superb in a punch-perfect per- uh, performance. And then we roll on into May, mate, and May was all about Tony Bellew and David Haye.
1: Yeah, and that was obviously that was huge because there was just so many question marks going into it about. Bellew's, not necessarily Bellew's performance in the first fight, but Hay's injury in the first fight. Obviously, Hay then went back and tra- trained in Miami, and he come up with a new trainer and was fitter than ever. And, you know, we didn't get videos of him training on on, on luxury yachts. He, you know, he got his head down. And then famously at the press conference in Liverpool, we had the guy just you know, he looked like the, the kid from the, enter- the uh, in us Will from the in us He came out and was telling us all, you're wrong, Liverpool, you're wrong, and you're going to find out. My
0: mate David <laughs> Hay <laughs> is going to not... Knock out, Tony Whatever Bellew. What happened to that guy? I've no I wonder, idea. I wonder what Rocky's
1: crawled back on. No which idea. he crawled back from? It was but piss funny. It was hilarious. Yeah, but I think Bellew just obviously cementing that rivalry with Hay retiring David Hay once and for all with an incredible performance. That that was uh, for me personally, that was one of the highlights of the year.
0: Well, May May was the month that it all got going for me. Yeah, all right. We'd attended some decent events, like I mentioned, AJ Parker at Wembley and various other bits and bats. but. Obviously, with you being involved with Hay, the build-up to that was massive. The fight was massive, and it lived up to all our expectations. Then following that, obviously, we had Lomachenko against Linares. Yeah, amazing. Which is a wonderful, wonderful fight. Yeah. Selby for Warrington at the back end of the month. We had UFC Liverpool also in May. If you remember UFC 224, that amazing knockout from Laetitia uh, Machida against Victor Belfort when he, when he starched him with that front kick to the face. Yeah, just May just seemed to be the month that, right, all right, we're here now. We've had four months of a little bit of just ticking along and then it all started to go again.
1: It was all up and running again. Exactly, I think uh, just seeing the UFC come to Liverpool again on a personal note—that was that was absolutely massive. And uh, I don't
0: think we'll ever forget or listen to Neil Diamond in in, in another light, will we? It's all no. about Darren Till now. I know that it, it obviously rings out at most boxing events these days, but it's all about Darren Till. You'll never forget it.
1: Exactly, you know. And uh, even in Dallas, it was a, an amazing moment when he took on Tyron Woodley and and came out to Neil Diamond. You know, he kind of he's made it his own in the UFC and. Uh, That was a a incredible. The the Liverpool thing was just an incredible moment. I was doing some commentary for the BBC. It was the first time a national broadcaster had ever done live commentary from a UFC event, so it was absolutely massive. But, uh, but again, in 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 boxing as well, that I feel like that's when it really got started as well. When was Rungversai? Rungvisai's win over Jason uh, against Juan Estrada? That was at the start of the year as well. Mm. That was one of the fights of the year too. So. Uh, but Lomachenko versus Linares, you know, let's pick that one out. That was one of the absolute standout moments of the year. Lomachenko was with different one cross.
0: on with one on. I know,
1: and he got dropped, got up off the floor. Yeah. He had a bit of everything, and then to you know to to do what he did uh, against Linares and the fashion that he did. Mm. That's when you know you got something special on your
0: hands. Um, June was about Tyson Fury. That was his uh, his first comeback fight, and the build-up was better than the fight. It was gotcha. pantomime because obviously we absolutely ripped it to bits. To be fair now, it kind of pales into insignificance because of what happened in December. But at the time, I remember thinking, he's two years away, mate. We yeah, ain't going to see it. We were
1: talking about it. We, we were saying two years. He
0: ain't going to be involved in anything meaningful for at least two years. It's just great that he's managed to get himself back into some fit state, losing the weight, obviously his mental illnesses, and just getting himself back happy. Yep. seemed to be the success rather than competing at the very highest level in the world of boxing. How wrong were we? Six months later, he ended up proving us all wrong. David Hay retired in this month, by the way. Um, and uh, we also had Rocky Fielding beating Taron Zuge.
1: What a moment that was against all the odds, going to Germany, knocking out the champion in the seventh defence. Incredible. Uh, on an international note as well, my fight of the year took place in June, most people's fight of the year. Alex Sacedo against Lenny Z. Uh, the fourth Zabavina. round of that fight was literally the best round of the year, and uh, it was seven rounds of absolute war. Uh, Young Sacedo, who won the fight, Hmm. then goes into a fight with... Big Mo. Oh, Mo. And, you know, I want to take a moment here, and we may reflect on it later, but I want to take a moment just to pay tribute to the magnificence of Mo Hooker in 2018. Comes to Manchester, takes the belt away from Terry Flanagan, uh, and then goes and makes a couple of defences of it as well. At the same time, becomes a massive Fight Disciples fan favourite. You know, he's a huge Mm. fan of the show. Everyone that listens to Fight Disciples knows we absolutely worship Mo Hooker and... uh, you know, he'll forever now be attached to the mohawk Sock, won't he? Every time something good happens <laughs> in fight sports, everyone says reach for the mohawk Sock. Mm. So it's, uh, he's, uh, I can't wait to see what comes from Mo in 2019 mm. as well, because I think there's plenty more to come.
0: See, look what I've written at the top of July there. Can you see it? So, yeah, so
1: see though, Lenny Z, fight of the year. There you Absolutely. Go. That's,
0: that's on my notes for this, uh, for this show that again. we put together.
1: Uh, I watched it again. Yeah, it's tremendous. And it was fucking brilliant. I that fourth round, yeah. just
0: mental. Go and get stuck in. Um, UFC 226, DC stops steepheads, become the champ champ in July. Historical moment because obviously. This seems to be becoming now a bit of a trend. Everybody wants to become a multi-weight world champion in the UFC since Conor McGregor did it, as I mentioned, a couple of years ago. Uh, we've obviously got TJ Dillashaw attempting to do that in the new year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to do it at light heavyweight and heavyweight, that's some achievement, isn't it? To become the baddest man on the planet.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think um, I don't actually rank DC as the best pound for pound fighter on the planet, but there's no complain and there's no disagreement for me about the fact that he's the best uh fighter of 2018. he is the best fighter in mma in 2018 he's had an incredible year uh, and it was purely down to this you know this stepping up to heavyweight unifying the light heavyweight and the heavyweight championships but not only that knocking out stipe maiochic in the first round as well you know he never edged out a draw he never grapple fu- fucked him. he never tried to wrestle his way through <laughs> he took it to the champ and he knocked him out cold and for that for that reason alone to then pick up the heavyweight championship and I think DC is actually a better heavyweight than he is light heavyweight anyway because he's not he's not draining himself in any way shape or form. Uh, I think uh, that was the crown moment in terms of UFC for the year was Daniel Cormier beating Stipe in one.
0: Mm. Uh, quite a lot of people do messages on a, on a day to day basis about episodes from earlier on in the year that were their favourite episodes and in July one did pop up and it was off the back of uh, uh, Manny Pacquiao beating Lucas Patisse where we basically said that he was uh, a juiced up foot
1: yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we do like to throw the old juiced up Title around, but what's deserved, isn't it? The you old bobblehead,
0: <laughs> I think, was the actual term that came out of that show, mate. 39-year-old
1: <laughs> Manny, 39
0: year old Manny ro- rolls back the years and becomes Benjamin Button.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah, rolls back the years. Jesus mm. Christ. No one, you know, after the performance against uh, Jeff Horn, there's no way Manny had that left in him. There's no way a normal, non non pharmaceutically <laughs> enhanced Manny had that kind of <laughs> performance left in him. But, hey, you know mm. what? He didn't fail a test, so...
0: Mm. Uh, Will conquered skill in London with um, Dillian White beating Joseph Parker Derek Chisora coming through against Carlos Takam obviously setting up their fight which we're going to see at the back end of December Uh, Anthony Smith in the uh, UFC knocked out two former UFC champs in the space of five weeks Yeah. Amazing. Great story.
1: He's on. It's an amazing story. Eh? He's on an incredible run in that light heavyweight division and just goes to show in a sport that's absolutely dogged with weight cutting issues, sometimes it's just better not to cut weight. It's sometimes it's better mm. to compete at your optimum weight division
0: mm. rather than that's your what, minimum that's what I weight do. division. I do that in Wetherspoons on a weekly basis, man. Yeah. <laughs> Stay at weight. Stay at <laughs> weight. Um, a superstar was born in July. We knew about him. We told you about him. We've been harping on about him for a few years now. But I think on a world level, people then realised how good Alexander Usyk was. He took Murat Gassiev in Russia mm-hmm. to school, winning the World Boxing Super Series and uh, uh, becoming the undisputed, undisputed Cruiserweight Champion of the World.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it was the second win of three of 2018 for Usyk. Who, on uh, the road. Uh, on the road, yeah. He's just, you know, the first fight against, uh, against Breedus over in, Lat- uh, against the, in, in Latvia. Mm. Um, he was absolutely outstanding, of course, against Marius Brides, Yeah, um, That was a brilliant fight, but we got we got him the fighter. We got Usyk the fighter. Yeah. Then against Gassiev in Russia, we got Usyk the boxer who schooled Gassiev. And then ultimately, at the back end of the year in November, we got Usyk the finisher against Tony Bellew. Absolutely got everything. What a year he's had. Incredible.
0: Mm. This period of time as well, um, between July, August... In September were disastrous months for Billy Joe Saunders um, because I think in August that was the moment where he threw the chicken at Deontay Wilder in Nando's. That was off the back of Belfast, wasn't it? Where yeah. uh, obviously Tyson was involved in that fight, but that was Frampton's clinic in the rain uh, against um, Action Jackson. Yeah, and then obviously in September he moved on to uh, the stuff that we saw on social media where he was obviously involved in that incident with that vulnerable member of society, which was abhorrent, and we don't condone that whatsoever. And then the nasal spray thing, it all just seemed to happen week after week after week. Billy Joe Saunders was constantly in the press, and it upset me a lot, because this time last year, I sat here and I went, right, he's here now. He's turned up. He's done David Lemieux. 2018 is going to be Billy Joe Saunders' year, and he just, for me, pissed it all away.
1: He fucked it right up, yeah. I've just seen Billy Joe this morning, actually, when we were parking the car, and... uh I didn't actually say hello to him for the pure reason that we've done nothing over the last twelve months but slag him off. But listen, slag him off for
0: external stuff. Oh yeah, of course. Mm. Nothing to do with boxing technique.
1: He's done nothing in the ring to to make you want to celebrate him or. Uh, uh, and so don't forget, he
0: pulled out of two fights with Martin Murray as well previously. Made to it this. Even worse, yeah. exactly.
1: Yeah, because we all know why. Because he was hoping for the the phone call to go and fight Triple G or Canelo. You can't blame him for that. Him if for he's, that. he's honest, and that's what Martin Murray said. Yeah, yeah. You know, Martin Murray has said that. He said, if he either just rang me or someone rang me and said, "Listen, we're signing for the fight," but if the phone call comes, we're going the other way. No one complains about that no. at all. No. It's the fact that he let Martin Murray do two uh, two full camps away from his kids, away from his family and everything money, yeah. else. Yeah, exactly. That that's what that's what left a, a you know. A sour taste in the back of the throat, but listen, I think more than any other fighter, certainly more than any other British fighter, um, I think Billy Joe will be
0: needs a delighted year,
1: to see the back end of 2018. Mm. And it's up to him now, nobody else can change his stars, no one else can change how we all perceive him. He just needs to get back in the ring. And just let us box and do the talking and again and get us excited about him again.
0: Mm. Uh, that that five-week period at the start of September to the start of October is probably the best period for fight sports um, of the year. Woodley versus Till, which you went to. Canelo Crazy. Triple G 2 the week after. AJ Povetkin in the rain at Wembley. Groves Smith uh, in Jeddah and then Conor Khabib. Outstanding. Week after week after week, just monstrous shows.
1: It was mental, yeah. You know, uh, just about the UFC in particular, it was incredible to be in Dallas to see, uh, you know, one of my own brethren for the first time. Only the third Englishman in history to challenge for the UFC belt. That was a very special moment, even though it didn't go his way. And
0: uh, and only one of them's won, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Dan yeah. Bisping and Till
1: Bisping's the only one that managed to win. Yeah, but then to to go to got bounced straight over to Las Vegas just a month later for for Conor versus Khabib was a great experience because, you know, there's there's no show like a Conor McGregor show. Um, uh, And that was fascinating to be around the entire fight week. And then the fight itself, obviously, Khabib had the opportunity. Up until the referee waved that fight off, Khabib Nemegomadov was a global superstar. Until, but as soon as the referee waved it off and he lost control, he lost his rag, he jumped the fence... He ruined it all. Because he re- he'd handled himself he? so well. At the, t- that week. at the
0: time, I totally agree with you. At the time, I was like, going, he's, he's, he's fucked it. But now, as the dust has settled and we've had a little bit of hindsight to look back at it, and he's kind of playing up to the heel thing a little bit, isn't he? He's kind of playing up to this bad boy image. Yeah. I know that he's not, but he's playing up to it like we want John Jones to play up to it. I'm kind of thinking, I'm in on you, Kabee. Sweet, man. I can't, I can't, yeah. I, I kind of liked him now jumping over the octagon and causing havoc. Uh, but
1: the, the problem is, when you've got a bad guy taken on Someone that a lot of people are perceiving as a bad guy as well. It doesn't kind of work. You need to have a heel and you need to have a hero. Yeah. And Connor set himself up to be the to be the heel. Yeah. The way he acted, the way he spoke about Khabib, the way he disrespected him. Connor was the heel. You you can't then become the heel. That's not how that's not how entertainment works. There needs to be a hero. And Khabib had the opportunity works to become that. In the
0: WWE, to mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They change the minds all the time, it, don't they?
1: No, no. But in in each fight, there's only one heel and one hero. They don't yeah. they don't change mid fight because fans don't know to celebrate a new significant. Lament anymore, and for me, Khabib missed yeah. the opportunity to just get that stoppage, put his arms in the air. We spoke about it at the time. Did the Billy Strut? Spit on Connor's whiskey brand, or you know, fucking anything it, that was his moment.
0: The Billy Strut was the one. Do the billionaire the Billy
1: Strut. St- uh, the billionaire Strut, and then wipe his feet on the whiskey brand logo, or something like that. K- Khabib is right now fight of the year. Everyone's talking about him, mm. absolute superstar. Instead, he's still waiting to actually be paid for that fight.
0: Mm. Uh, November, World Boxing Super Series Part 2 got underway with uh, Burnett against Daener and Taylor against Martin. I stand by what I said at that particular time, right? Ryan Martin is the worst contestant in the World Boxing Super Series so far. Nice. Now, listen, he's got, he was undefeated at the time. He's got amateur, pedigree, and all this type of nonsense. He didn't turn up. I haven't no. seen that from any fighter. Even Nicky Holson, who's a fucking kickboxer, turned up and had a go at Callum Smith earlier on the year. did. Now... That sounds like I'm throwing shade on Josh Taylor. It's not at all. Maybe Josh Taylor made him look terribly shit. Maybe he did. And in in years to come, I might say that. But I know where Josh Taylor's at. I know that he's going to go on to become a world champion in 2019. I'm I'm 100% confident in that. I'm even confident that he might even unify the division next year. But Ryan Taylor, you can't do that. This is supposed to be the Champions League of boxing. And he was fucking Rosenborg, mate. That's what he was. Yeah, he was 2018's Charles Martin, let's be honest. Yes, he was. Happy with that? Yeah,
1: absolutely, yeah. However, absolutely.
0: in total contrast, in Neway,
1: now we're talking about Se-
0: 70 seconds unreal. in his quarterfinal. That's all he needed. Touch unreal. your death. Just give him a little kiss on the lips, didn't he? And that was it. He didn't even hit him hard. Bang, gone. It twice as well, yeah. twice in the year, yeah. two
1: world title fights in the year. Did both it to first round early, stop, the round, it? Fit, You know that one, the world boxing super series. That was his first, the first punch that he threw, and then uh, you know a couple of weeks before that to get into the tournaments. He obviously takes that takes a MacDonald in the first round as well, absolutely sensational and certainly on the shortlist for fight of the year.
0: One thing that is gutting is that we're denied now the semi-finals in the bantamweight division because of Ryan Burnett's injury. You know. Burnett, Inoue, Tete and Rodriguez. That's what we were dreaming of in the semis, weren't we? Yeah. I know Dene's in there now, who's still a capable operator. No question about that. But Ryan Burnett, to lose his title like that, you've got to be heartbroken for the kid.
1: Yeah, devastated. Especially because i tipped him to win the whole tournament as well. Uh, you know, I really fancied them to, to, to take it to way in the final. And you know, obviously, as you say, Inoue's got the touch of death, so you just don't know. But to lose your world title like that, especially because he give one world title up anyway. Uh, to allow Paul Butler to go and fight for the vacant belt, to to, to lose both your titles uh, is devastating for him, and you know he's just got a, he's another one that needs some good luck in 2019 mm. because on his day you could argue he's the best best of the uh, lot.
0: A new star was born in November. I know what you're thinking, Alexander Usik? No, that was earlier on in the year. Barry from Barnsley, he was born in November. Oh yeah, the absolute legend that is uh, Baz off Twitter.
1: Legend or twat?
0: Well, you know what I mean? I kind of like the fact that people are now setting up mock parody accounts of Barry off the cool, back of listening you. to what we do. doing. No, it's not me. <laughs> but off the back of listening to us, Barry's now emerged Yeah, Barry exists. on social media. He's, even Crawler was interacting with him the <laughs> other day. Everybody's having a bit of a crack with him. And I'm thinking, good lad, that's what it's all about, I'm having a bit of fun in it. Yeah. Uh, but Barry doesn't think uh, that Crawler should get in with Lomachenko. He didn't think that Belly should get in with Usyk. And he'd most certainly... I didn't think that Rocky Fielding should have got in uh, with Canelo throwing shade. Yeah. Everywhere he goes, Baz. Listen, Baz, come on, man. It's Christmas, yeah? Smile a bit. Enjoy yourself. Get exactly. on Tinder, son. Have a wank. You know what I mean? Do something half decent.
1: Don't be a baddie from Barnsley, as we said on last week's show. Get Don't led. be a from Bar- get led. Exactly. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Even you, Baz, can get led. Get well, on it, Tinder. There's someone for everybody, son.
1: Just put out there and... and just put out. That's it. That's yeah. all you're going to do. <laughs> just put out. Stop <laughs> being angry. Just be positive about it and, you know, good things will come back your way. Usic Bellu. Yeah, it, it was outstanding. You know, I think um for me that was that, that was the moment Alexander Usich defined his year and stepped above three or four other guys to from two thousand and eighteen to become my fighter of the year. Um just just to reaffirm his, his, his legacy in the cruiserweight division in that manner, you know, beating Bellew, he was, you know, he'd never lost the WBC cruiserweight belt, so there was, Usyk felt like there was unfinished business, it was the perfect stepping stone to the heavyweight division for him, Bellew of course, had, you know, had had two years of heavyweight and I think ultimately that probably damaged him a little bit more than he would ever agree, admit, but um he dared to be great. He came back down. And for three or four rounds, I thought it was on. I truly thought it was on. But ultimately now in the aftermath, it, it's evident that uh, Usyk, um, Usyk was in third gear, wasn't he? He wasn't yeah. pushing it to the max. Bellu was working in fifth gear I th- I the think I said the I think I've Once sa- he stepped it up, yeah. he was outstanding. Well,
0: I said this at the time, you know. When I was watching it f- firsthand, I was amazed at how well Bellu was doing and, and winning rounds and being ahead like he was ahead when he was knocked out. But then when I've watched it back a second, a third, and a fourth time, I just watch you and I just think to myself, yeah. you're unbelievable. The patience that you show, the footwork that you use, and, and don't exert any energy. You don't throw any shots. You're just making Bell you work constantly, making him constantly do stuff all the way through the fight. And then when the moment comes, when you see him just drop in that fitness level, you step it up, and it was clinical. The finish was clinical. Yeah excited about him in the heavyweight division man
1: uh, absolutely you know I think um, it, it's a little bit soon, soon to be talking about AJ or Wilder or any of those guys at the moment but this time next year the back end of 2019 as we go it into 2020 like
0: boy, then. this time next year this
1: time next year <laughs> we'd be millionaires um, I think at the back end of this year and we're going to be talking about Usyk we're going to be talking about Usyk hopefully taking on the number one because we can all dream and hopefully in 2019 we find out whether Fiori, Wild, or AJ are the, are the two new mo- number ones of the heavyweight division yeah. and do you know what the, as, do you know what the, the winner gets? Alexander Isi. Good, <laughs> Good
0: luck everybody. <laughs> uh, December was you've just mentioned there um, that catalyst moment now which hopefully we're going to see um, ride on into uh, 2019. Because at the start of, uh, of December, we all went over uh, to Los Angeles, California uh, for a little bit of a shindig. Because all these conversations were going back and forth between Wilder and AJ. Can they? Can they not? Can they get it on? Can they not get it on? And then all of a sudden Tyson Fury sticks his hand up and we see that fight get made. I'll be honest, when, it, when they were in the ring in Belfast and Frank was saying, it's on. I was still—I still had so many doubts as to whether we, we would end up seeing these two fight this year, as they kept promising us. Yeah. But what a fight they delivered! We we said all along, didn't we? Fight week could be brilliant. Yeah. Fight week could be amazing. They'll go back and forth. They'll give us all the uh, catchphrases and and sound bites that we want as uh, people in the media but i don't think any of us actually anticipated the the cherry on top of the cake that we got on december the 1st
1: no it was a, it was a special fight wasn't it and i think a lot of that is down to Deontay Wilder and the way Deontay Wilder fights he makes fights exciting because he loads up his shots so much he's looking to knock people clean out and that's from start to finish he's got this incredible work rate incredible chin and uh, for every second of every round you can't take your eye off it because he's literally one punch away as we almost found out in the 12th but then on the other side of the ring you had Tyson Fury, who was absolutely on top of his game. You know, he, he was—it ju- was like he hadn't missed a beat. It was like the last four years mm-hmm. didn't exist. It was like those two markup opponents that we uh, that we lambasted and said he's two years away it meant nothing to him because at the end of the day, when the big show rolls around, the big man steps up and he absolutely delivered. What a fantastic performance! And. Uh, Getting up in that in that twelfth round, from that knockdown in the twelfth round, for me that was the, the moment. The moments that really captured the spirit of, of British boxing. Um it for twenty eighteen. Yes, it hasn't been a great year. Yes, we haven't ended the year with dozens of world champions as we have done previously, but we proved that we're we're in there. We're put, we we belong there. We're, we're world class. Uh, we can bounce back from anything. And I think Tyson Fury, just on a personal note, the journey he's been on, has just been incredible. And listen, we've we've talked about it before. I don't want to go over it again. But for me, he come out of that fight as the winner. I know he didn't got the belt, but he come out as the winner. He come out as the world number one heavyweight. And he he did the one thing that going into the fight we said this is well. It was your favourite catchphrase. Go on, give us your catchphrase for the fight
0: it's the biggest heavyweight fight of the year and Anthony Joshua is not involved in it
1: t-shirts available soon copyright adam cattle but it, we got the end of that fight and it was like okay fury the best heavyweight on the planet it completely changed his performance the way the way he got up off the deck everything about it Suddenly, AJ wasn't in the conversation no more. It, suddenly, AJ become well. AJ's the ticket seller. AJ's the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the best heavyweight Tyson Fury, and I think across the board on both sides of the Atlantic, I think people I are think seeing
0: that. I, well, I think we believed it anyway. We were saying that anyway, but, but we then well,
1: whether we he's still adding
0: it. that's it. Yeah. He, he confirmed it, and yeah. that's why we get excited now because he confirmed it on that night. Um, obviously, Rocky Fielding stepped in with Canelo, um, and as we've said on many occasions, I hate using the term. levels to this game because it comes across quite patronising but there really was on that night Canelo exceeded expectation at 12 stone we knew that he could do it at 154 we knew he could do it at 160 would it be a step too far not at all, mate. He's a real player at twelve stone now, isn't he? And there's other guys that should be looking at him, thinking, "Don't fancy any of that."
1: No, no, exactly. I think going into the fight, we were talking about the fact that it it was a snatch, it was a, a legacy grab, it was a move up there. He'd seen Rocky Fielding as a soft touch, win that yeah. world title, join an elite group of Mexicans to win world titles in three weight divisions, and then come back down to middleweight and get the trilogy fight on, or or potentially look at Danny Jacobs, that type of thing. But now, because he looks so good, because he looks so impressive and everyone got so excited about it... It's interesting this week to be All I'm reading about now is Canelo, Callum Smith is a is, is a viable option for even Anfield in May or Wembley in May. So that is fascinating and I think that more than anything describes Canelo's performance. It was faultless. Mm,
0: it was. Um, obviously we're recording this before uh, Warrington-Frampton, before White Chisora, so we don't have a, a full review of that. Uh, but Warrington-Frampton, I'll predict it now, it was fight of the year. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, the good
1: thing about December as well, we got Potentially the fight of the year in the UFC as well when Holloway took on Ortega. Ortega. Yeah, absolutely it was absolutely brilliant fight. We, were, you know, we were waxing lyrical about it last week. And hopefully, uh, mm. fight fans who, who may not even watch UFC or may have missed it have gone back and watched it. Mm. The UFC 231 main event um, was absolutely outstanding, and and for me that was the moment. Um, Max Holloway, yes, he probably didn't do enough to overtake Cormier he had in the second world title, but that was a moment for me. That kind of performance, after the illness in the summer, after Ortega being undefeated, after you know Holloway going in as the underdog, to do that, to perform like that, to tell Joe Rogan, commentating at ringside, after losing the third round, I'm going to stop him now in the fourth. To, do, to In that manner... That's pound-for-pound pound level. That's that's special. And mm. for me, that rubber-stamped Max Holloway as the best pound-for-pound pound fighter in MMA, although I, I still admit that Daniel Cormier was the fighter of 2018.
0: Um, now, what I want you to do on Twitter, at Fight Disciples, is send us in your uh, fight of the year, fighter of the year, knockout of the year, British fighter of the year you want to watch for 2019, uh, and your predictions and desires uh, for 2019. Send them in to us, because this isn't just a our list we'll give you our suggestions we're not saying that we're 100% right you might disagree and you might we might have missed something so come on you've watched fights as much as we do uh, so get involved at Fight Disciples uh, on Twitter I think we're in agreement with Fight of the Year you yeah. mentioned it earlier on mate Cedo against Apovinia, do you reckon?
1: Fight of the year, absolutely. Yeah, that fourth round is different class. And uh, y- if you didn't see it, and not a lot of people did see it, but we watched the, we were cra- going crazy about it at the time, but definitely go back and watch it again. Alex Cedo uh, against Lenny Z.
0: Incredible. Regarding fights then that you've attended, yeah. what one stands out for you? Um, I've got two. Yeah, go on. What were your two? White Parker was captivating. Yeah. And obviously... Tyson against Deontay Wilder in LA.
1: Yeah, uh, I think for all the drama, I'm gonna have to go UFC. Conor. Conor versus Khabib was just fucking absolutely mental. Yeah, I bet. Once in a lifetime kind of stuff. And the the post fight was horrific uh, because of what happened. But I was doing live commentary on a radio, on a national radio station, and just to be in that moment, to yeah. have that, to be a part of that history, uh, you know, I'll probably look back on my career as one of the highlights forevermore. So that was the highlight for me. Yeah.
0: Uh, fighter of the year this is not just British this is worldwide yeah. again I think we're in uh, un- yeah. un- unanimous uh, would decision would you, you aren't we?
1: call me a MMA fighter of the year but unifying you know adding a, a second world title in a, a second weight division
0: yeah, Anthony Smith's had a wonderful year, but like you said, titles are the ones that probably cement everything, aren't they? So yeah, I would go with that. Daniel Cormier. So it's a head-to-head then, isn't it? It's Usyk versus Cormier. Usyk wins. You know, I just think Usyk. Usyk's body of work on the road this year, and to do three what he's wins done on the road, to become undisputed, <laughs> nobody does that
1: in three. And again, just to harp on about it, three different ways as well. Yeah. Outfought will someone. i box someone. i gun someone. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Absolutely Usyk incredible. Usyk, fighter of the year. Well, I, I just for I'm, us anyway. Yeah, I just think in boxing as well. There's three other guys want to name check I'll Obviously, I can't go. Can't go on. We don't mention Lomachenko. <laughs>
0: what time is it? Hang on. Where are we? On the know, clock. Yes. Thirty-five well, eh? minutes. We, we mentioned pounds. him. We mentioned him in the Lenaris fight earlier on in the year. But that's you've yeah, done well there. Thirty-five pa- minutes. Thanks, mate. Thanks. <laughs> uh,
1: it's like Max Holloway, you know. I think. Monojenko yeah, is the best pound-for-pound pound fighter. Two wins this year. Second, uh, a third weight world title as well. Uh, proved he can be touched, but he, he's absolutely brilliant. Inoue done exactly the same.
0: Yeah. Two wins this year, both by knockout, adds a third weight class. I think Inoue's been in the ring for two minutes this year, hasn't he? It? It's crazy. <laughs> and, and he's now a three-weight
1: world <laughs> champion, a favourite for the World Boxing Super Series. And then your mates as well, Terence Crawford, done exactly the same. Mm. Two wins this year, both knockouts, and a world title in a third different weight division. All three absolutely outstanding, but, Uso but we'll Okay, then. Man, this
0: yeah. is a little bit more of a debate then British fighter of the year who's at the top of your tree
1: um, I just think because his semi-final performance didn't blow anybody away and then so going into the final against George Groves which I knew it so I much
0: knew you Gus Gals. Because I because it was, knew delayed you was so
1: much <laughs> and it was sent over to Jedder and you know people were asking is Callum Smith all that is he all hype can he actually deliver when it matters Groves have been you know pushed up to world number one in the 12 stone division Ring Magazine coming with the belt I just felt like the pressure was on Callum Smith to perform and he absolutely performed he dominated George Groves from the first bell mm. To make George Groves quit in his corner, to knock him down and make him look in his corner and shake his head to say no more, no mass. For me, that was absolutely outstanding, and that's why Carl Smith's my British boxer. Oh,
0: there he is. You've got to keep it in-house, are not you? Listen, I
1: wanted to go go Tyson because it It was just such an amazing moment with Tyson. Yeah. But I just think Tyson, there's still questions to be answered with Wilder fight. We need round 13 to know whether he's the best fighter.
0: Well, mine, mine will change... Saturday.
1: Well, well, if, Josh Warrington, if Josh Warrington yes.
0: beats Carl Frampton, I agree. Josh Warrington's British fighter of the year.
1: Can't argue with that because to beat Lee Selby the way he did, if he can do a number on, on Carl Frampton, yeah. then Josh Warrington absolutely goes above Callum Smith, I completely agree. But right here, right now, mm-hmm. while we're sitting here waiting for the press conference to start, the fight actually hasn't happened. Yeah. Performance, fight of the year, British, Callum Smith for me.
0: I'm actually, I'm going to go Josh Taylor
1: Okay. British fighter
0: of the year. I thought his performance against uh, Victor Postol was outstanding. And even though I've just said that Ryan Martin was the worst World Boxing Super Series contestant of all time, he still, he was probably made to look that way. From, yep. from Josh Taylor. 2019 is 100% going to be his year, and I'll get to that in a minute. Um, so that's where I'm at. If Josh Warrington beats Frampton, and do you know something? If Frampton beats Warrington, I might even make an argument for him because he's in the need of the air performance, his performance at Belfast against, all right, Action Jackson, not a major name, but he took him to school, and then to beat Warrington, three of those to become world champion once again, there's an argument for him maybe at the back end of this year as well. One to watch then. In fact, no, no, knockout of the year. Have you got a knockout of the year? Yeah, I, I, a few that
1: I like the look of. Unfortunately, a couple of them were dished out on friends of mine, so I'm going to stay away from those ones because <laughs> they were pretty sensational. But, Usyk uh, on
0: Bellu is Usyk a good on one. Usyk on
1: Bellu was absolutely outstanding. So Tony. Is yeah, that what you're know, ringing for? That's what he was ringing me for before, to say don't mention it. Yeah. Um, Dillian White in, against in Lucas Brown. Piano in the first round, yeah. the first punch he threw, that big right hand was insane. Yeah. Chisora's two right hands against Ta- Carlos Takam.
0: Absolutely brilliant. Come
1: on. Um, Me and
0: you are going to be on the same page here. There's only one knockout this year, mate. Knockouts have to be the ones that you go, What the fuck was that?
1: Are you going to go with Harlem Eubank?
0: No. I'm going Yar Rodriguez.
1: Oh, in boxing? In the, in the Just UFC. in general, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yar, yeah, yeah, Yar yeah.
0: Rodriguez that was insane. against the Korean Zombie is the knockout of the year. Yeah. It was originally that Mashida front kick to the face on Belfort. That was unbelievable. That elbow, because I've watched it a million times and I still don't know whether one, whether he means it, or two, how he pulls it off. It's just outstanding. It's unreal. It's one of them where you just go, What the fuck was that? Yeah. That was that's my knockout of the year anyway.
1: Yeah, there's been some crackers in MMA to be honest with you. That that's right up there. I thought Adam Pico's oh. uh, knockout, the body punch, the body snatching himself. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know he's kind of arrived now, Adam Pico. We don't really get to see him in the UK because he fights on Bellator. You still haven't got a UK deal. But this Adam Pico is probably the hottest prospect in mixed martial arts, period, Mm. in any way. He's only a handful of fights into his career, but he literally steals people's souls with these body shots. And he had a couple of them in 2018. Um... Another one I liked was that Al Hassan. Remember that Razak Al Hassan, the crazy guy with that knockout punch against Hamasi.
0: That was uh, in back in January. Come on, pick one. You can't just go, you can't just throw twenty out there. Which well, ones you, one you won? Which uh, ones you won?
1: Fuck, I like Danny Garcia's knockout of Brandon Rios at the start of the year as well. I'm going to go with just because the kid's an absolute sensation. um... I'm going to stay away from our fighter of the year just because it was me, mate. Yeah, Daddy, he that it was a great knockout. I'm going to go with a knockout oh, of Payano. the death first round.
0: Fair enough. There you go. Um, right here we go then. This is where we uh, we make our mustard
1: because oh, I know what you're you going to pick,
0: and it's the one that I want to pick. So I'm going to I can't have it because you're going to pull Scouse rank. All right. So go on then. You want to watch in 2019? Are you uh, going? With, are you going with him?
1: Well, listen. I was going to go non-scouse and I was going to go with Buatzi, but I thought that's just too easy. Yeah. I think we all re- appreciate. Cho- choosing Buatzi as your prospect of the year is kind of like choosing Adam Pico as your prospect of the year in MMA. Okay. Everyone on the planet knows this kid's going to be a future world champion. Right. There's no skill involved. You,
0: you, you want to give a bit of education is what you want to do. Absolutely. Okay, go on.
1: And I've changed...
0: Oh, I've changed my selection. I'm coming in then.
1: And the reason I've changed my selection is because the guy I have chosen, his path in two thousand nineteen has already been established. We know he's got a massive fight. We know he's got a second massive fight after that. The first one's probably gonna be a Commonwealth fight. The second one we're in is probably gonna be a British fight. So you can't guarantee in that my choice by summer could already be the British and Commonwealth champion. So for that reason... Here we go. And um, yes, he is a scout. Yes, of course he's a scout. Surprisingly.
0: The machine. But I'm going with
1: the machine. Anthony Fowler is my hottest prospect of 2019. <sighs> Domestically. Domestically? Domestically, yeah.
0: Okay. Who are you uh, going with? Craig Glover. <laughs> 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 no surprise eh? we are
1: going to go one way or
0: the other uh, Craig Glover without any shadow of a doubt to be fair I have mentioned Shaq and Pitters a couple of times the kid from Birmingham yeah. who I think I don't listen I don't I'm not sitting here saying that Shaq and Pitters is going to go on to world level I don't think that what I do think though is think, I think he can make a stare uh, in that British scene yeah at light heavy. Um, and, of course, I mention him every single show, Tiafimo Lopez. He gave me one of the knockouts of the year last week. He's only had 11 fights. I genuinely think he's going to go on to great things. That is a lad that I'm tipping for world-level honours. Um, maybe not this year, maybe 2020, but definitely just keep watching him. He's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, my my international prospect of the year, actually, is uh, is Devin Haney, the dream himself. He's only 20. He's 20 you know, at the moment, which I know is a lot of fights for the prospect. I met
0: him in Los Angeles. Did you? Uh, he's a nice kid.
1: Mate, he's quality, absolutely brilliant. I think he's got a massive year ahead. He fights again in January. Is he on Mayweather? Uh, it, who looks after him?
0: I'm sure he's managed by like someone I just presumed he was like PBC. That. Yeah, he might be. I actually. Presumed he he was might PBC. Be actually, Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, he's 20. age 20, 20 and 0. He's got a fight in January. I think is it is a some kind of eliminator? But he's not a champion, which means he's viable as a prospect.
0: <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> There's I think, a dig. I, think
1: tw- I think ten of those 20 wins have come in Mexico as well. Um, you know, former amateur star, and you know. I was going to choose Ryan Garcia. Yeah, I thought you were. And that's I, was where doing I thought you were going to go. research on it, and Haney actually beat Garcia up twice in national finals as amateurs. And that was when I, because I had Haney on me, and then for me, that's why I just thought, right, I want to choose a prospect that's going to do well in 2019, that's going to break through. Mm. Yes, I, b- I believe Fowler becomes champion in 2019 in style, mm-hmm. and I believe Devon, the dream Haney, becomes champion yeah. 2019 too.
0: It's a good choice, that. Well done, mate. Thanks, mate. I like that that's good Uh, predictions and desires uh, for 2019 stuff that you want to see stuff that you think that might happen um stuff that might you from a positive point of view or maybe from a Barry point of view that might not happen I've got one Barry in there I've got one Barry you ready give us your Barry yet? no I'll give you my three I've, I've just come up with three right um this is an obvious one I think everybody will go along with this Josh Taylor will be a world champion in 2019 yeah okay um I genuinely think he'll get his shit together. Billy Joe Saunders will also be a world champion once again in 2019. Hell, I hope so. Right? I hope so. Are you ready for this? Yeah. This is me, Barry. Anthony Joshua won't be a world champion at some point in 2019. Ooh. <laughs> there you go. There's me, Barry. <laughs> you do realise you are now
1: off AJ's Christmas card Yeah,
0: it's all right. I'm, I can't get near him anyway. I'm sat here at a Warrington-Frampton <laughs> press conference. I'm, t- I'm team Frank. LAUGHTER <laughs> So there think, you go.
1: I think as long as we get to, you know, my, my desire for the year, of course, is to see AJ versus Wilder. No, oh, no question. I'm, de- I'm determined to see that. I'd love to see that. I'm praying every day I wake up to news that uh, not just Jose Mourinho's uh, been sacked <laughs> in disgrace after getting smashed by Liverpool, but my other desire is to wake up and see Eddie's got his shit together, managed to put the money on the table, and AJ versus Wilder's going down in April at Wembley. That is my first desire because the spin off of that is winner gets Tyson end of the year. Yeah. And, and, and you know, it'd be amazing to end 2019. That's the perfect play out, isn't it? One undisputed standout heavyweight champion. That would be the dream.
0: I think we might. Here's another Barry. We might. I know we've been searching and desiring it for such a long period of time. I think 2019, we might have two men that have been crowned undisputed heavyweight champion in the same year. So and that only plays out if AJ fights Wilder first.
1: Yeah, and then AJ gets beat. Or oh, we'll Wilder gets beat. Whoever uh, comes out of that And then gets the, beat.
0: the winner fights Fury. So we're basically saying
1: Fury, Fury will be undisputed champion. The <laughs> <under-speated> champion <laughs> yeah, yeah, of the that's what we're saying. Once again, uh, it'd be incredible, obviously. The heavyweight division, it's just great that we're talking about the heavyweight division because two years ago doing this show, we hardly fucking mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, and now it's on the tip of everybody's tongue, and that's only a good thing. So uh, I'd also like to see... Listen, I know he's been to the well a couple of times before. He's got a he's got a massive fight this coming weekend. But if he comes through it, I'd love to see Martin Murray get one last shot. Yeah. You know, he's been denied by the judges twice. Um, yes, he's had more chances than most, but he takes on a real fight this weekend. And I think if he can come past Hassan Dam, you know. I'd love to see him get a shot even mm. before Billy Joe Saunders. I really would.
0: Um, super fights that uh, I want to see in 2019. We're already getting one with uh, Garcia, the shithouse, as you called him earlier on this year, uh, taking on Errol Spence. Oh. The, f- the fallout of that, this is what I want. I want Spence to go and fight Crawford. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I want uh, Garcia to go and fight Lomachenko. Yes. And that would complete my year. I'm not yes. interested in anything else. Just do that. Um, just do that. Yeah. Well, that'll Obviously, be in the heavyweight division, we just mentioned it, but that's the one.
1: That'll be after... Uh, That um, Crawler goes over to Madison Square Garden and fights Lomachenko. I'd love to see that. Barry's not happy about that. Fuck Barry. (laughs) Uh, My other big desire, of course, is for it to finally happen because it hasn't happened since the 1950s. But Anfield. Anfield, Callum Smith, May would be amazing. Canelo. Uh, Although, you know, the the, the Canelo fight might end up at Wembley now, but I think Anfield would be absolutely rocking and it would probably sell out as well with someone like Canelo. But it needs a Canelo. You know, you can't do Anfield with a with a, a Ramirez unification even. I don't think it does yeah. more than 15,000. I think you need a Canelo, a Triple G, uh, uh, you know, or someone of that ilk. But uh, I'd love to see that come off this year. And then my other desire for the year is to see Darren Till bounce back and get back in the title mix because... Mm. I think the the UFC right now are desperate for another English world champion and I think he's closer than anybody now. Jimmy's just got beat. Uh, I'd love to see him bounce back at UFC London with a big win. I'd still like to see him fight Rocky Edwards, to be honest. Get a Battle of Britain going and then uh, see what Tyron Woodley does in the new year and then hopefully get that title fight later on in 2019.
0: Uh, that's amazing that we've just had that conversation and you uh, you never mentioned uh, Jordan Gill and Reese Bellotti as a desire for 2019. Sweet, mate. We'll, well leave it there it's then. It's on your
1: kid first. Yeah. <laughs> he's got to win the British title first. Yeah, he's got to do the business he's gotta this He's got to do the business honey. first.
0: My kid. Have you heard you? Do you know what I did, by the way, <laughs> when I was doing the national radio <laughs> thing? Um, again, having these type of conversations about prospects and things to watch in 2019. Guess who I picked? I'm not daft. <laughs> Jordan Gill. I looked after you, son. I looked after you. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody that listens to Fight Disciples and listens to me on the radio knows full well that I've, uh, I'm a shithouse. There you go. <laughs> and thank you very much for listening to whoa, us. Whoa, 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 whoa. What you, fin- what, you got more to do? I fucking
1: dropped the
0: gold dust that was Israel Adesanya last year. Are you going to do an MMA one, are you? Shooting
1: in here to get my oh, MMA prospect So there you go. He's,
0: he's phoned Dan. Dan's Christmas. Give- Dan's told him. Go on then. In
1: fact, I'm going to message Dan later today because I have even spoke to Dan. I'm going to ask Dan for his show this week to pick out his prospect of the year it's and obviously give up. mine a little bit of a mention as well so on, uh, again it would be piss easy to choose Adam Pico so no one's going to do that uh, in the UFC right now keep an eye on the heavyweight, Justin Willis from AKA, uh, he's only a baby he's had about four fights in the UFC, one of them all looks a bit like Daniel Cormier and fights like Daniel Cormier, I believe he might end up getting a title shot by the end of the year and the other guy in the UFC that everyone knows about that, we just need to reaffirm that we are on the gravy train, is Zabir uh, is Magomed Sharapov who's absolutely outstanding. Have you seen
0: that he's fighting Jeremy Stevens? Fighting Jeremy Stevens. Fuck me.
1: I think only, the only reason Jeremy Stevens took that is because they've said, if you beat Zabit, we'll give you a title shot. A featherweight. That's the only way, because Zabit is an absolute killer yeah. and no one wants to go anywhere near him.
0: Geography teacher.
1: But here we go. So my prospect of 2019 in MMA, yeah. unsigned right now, not in Bellator, not in the UFC, nowhere like that, is a guy called Patrick... Patchy mix. He's twenty-five. He's. Well, nine have you seen him
0: on a caravan site? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: He's age twenty-five. He's a he's a submission machine. He's got nine submissions. Uh, sorry, he's got a bunch of submissions in nine straight wins. Where's he fighting?
0: Pro. Where can we see him?
1: Uh, at the moment, he is the king of the cage bantamweight champion. Uh, I've seen him fight twice now. He's an, he's nine and zero as a pro, eleven and zero as an amateur. He's a submission machine, which makes you think, oh, he's going to struggle. But at the start of this year, twenty eighteen, he move to Jackson Winklejohn to work with Mike Winklejohn, one of the best striking coaches in all of MMA. Mm. He will sign for the UFC, I believe, in 2019, just like Israel Adesanya did at the start of the year. And keep an eye on him, because he could make a quick run at the Bantamweight title shot. It might caught people's eyes in November, won by Solovev Stretch, completely bonkers submission. Uh, In fact, we've seen Zabit do one of them in the UFC, one of the submissions of the year. Patrick Pachi mix. you're in face. He's 2019's version of Israel Adesanya from 2018. Dan Hardy, let's see you do better than that, son.
0: There you go. Thank you very much for listening to us. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, making shows uh, throughout the course of 2018. We wouldn't do it without your support, so thank you very much. Even if you just, you've only just stumbled across us, hit that subscribe button, stick with us because 2019 is going to be even bigger uh, than 2016, 17 and 18. And all that is uh, left for me to say is have a great Christmas. Have a wonderful New Year. I've got
1: your Mo socks wrapped up here for you. You can open them on Christmas Day.
0: Bit crusty. Um, It's a Mo boot now. (laughs) (laughs) We will be back the first week of January uh, with more shows for you. All right. So have a great Christmas and we'll catch you next time.
1: Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.